Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to my mommy's podcast. Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Wabi Sabi Wellness. My name is Jeanette, and I am so excited, so jazzed that you are here with me today. Today's episode is a little bit different. So typically, we've talked a lot about astrology um, and had a good amount of guests on, but today I'm actually talking about tarot. I'll be talking about what tarot is, what tarot isn't, and how I got involved in it. I do want to preface by saying that my journey does have a lot to do with pregnancy um, and pregnancy losses. So if that's something that you don't want to hear about, you might want to peace out on this episode after I get through the astrology and the moon transits of this week. But let's get started. So we're going to start with the moon transits. On Monday, July 10th at 6.56 p.m. Central, the moon is going to shift into Taurus and stay there until 2.26 a.m. Central on Thursday, July 13th. With the combination of the sun in Cancer and the moon in Taurus, you might feel really strong energy to stay at home. The Taurus moon finds a lot of grounding and indulging in our five senses. So at the end of the workday, you might find yourself relaxing with a homemade meal that you've made from scratch while listening to your favorite music. Taking time to be outside could also be refreshing. Bonus points if you do so with no shoes on. On Thursday, July 13th at 2.26 a.m. Central, the moon will then shift into Gemini and stay there until 12.14 p.m. Central on Saturday, July 15th. So typically, the moon in Gemini wants us being social, but with the sun in Cancer, the energy is a little bit different. So this time, we might actually find that we have a lot of ideas stemming from within that we want to communicate. So instead of going out like we typically would, you might want to write a blog post, jot your your thoughts down in a journal, or read a book about something that really fascinates you. On Saturday, July 15th at 12.14 p.m. Central, the moon is then going to shift into Cancer and stay there until 11.40 p.m. Central on Monday, July 17th. Here is where we have to buckle up for that double cancer energy. How we're going to feel the most nurtured is by nurturing ourselves and staying as cozy as possible. This could be a really great time for you to make sure that your living spaces speak to you. It's a really great time to check out home goods and just do a little bit of redecorating. It could also mean that instead of going out this weekend, you stay in and watch a movie at home instead or invite some friends over. Do whatever speaks to you and don't forget about the new moon on Monday at 1.31 p.m. The astrology of this week has a lot of movement. On Monday, Mars is going to enter Virgo at 6.40 a.m. Central, which I'm so, so, so excited about. That night at 11.11 p.m. Central, Mercury will enter Leo. The morning vibes for Monday are kind of tense, but by the evening, they'll be a lot more relaxed. Tuesday is very productive, and Wednesday has a lot of confidence and charisma all over it. So it's a great night for a first date or really any date. Thursday is a little iffy. But Friday is spontaneous new energy. The weekend is very chill, especially with that moon and sun in Cancer. You might want to focus on yourself. Lastly, I want to talk about the tarot card of the week. I pulled the fool for us. So I want you to think about where can you feel newness in your life? Where could you have a fresh start? Um, And this could be a literal fresh start, like a new job, or it could be a fresh start in terms of your perspective on life. Okay, so here is where I'm going to get into my story of how I got to where I am with tarot and astrology. Well, mostly tarot. And again, just prefacing that if you don't want to hear about pregnancy, pregnancy losses, you might want to turn the podcast off now. But this is my story. So I've always felt very intuitive. There have been many, many times where I've had a hunch and then things would happen. Um, I do want to point out, though, that I think everyone, not think, I know everyone has intuition. We all have that gut feeling. It's just a matter of if we ignore it or not. 
When I was 20, I lost an ovary in a surgery, and I also dealt with anorexia in my teen years. And I promise you that this will all be relevant in just a second. When I was 24, my husband and I decided to start our family. I was young and I was healthy, and I absolutely did not expect what happened next to happen to me. While I was able to easily get pregnant, I, I had trouble keeping them um, past that first trimester. The final loss that I had ended up being an ectopic pregnancy or a pregnancy that was stuck in my tubes. For anyone who hasn't heard of this, this can be very deadly if it isn't treated. Um, to save my life and my tubes, you um, well, I took methotrexate, which is used in cancer treatments to prevent the growth of cells or in this case to prevent the growth of this baby that would not be able to come to term because it was stuck in my tube. Um, if this medicine doesn't work, you end up needing surgery um, to fix the rupture. So I took methotrexate, and while you're taking it, it doesn't work immediately. You have to wait for your hormones to go down, your pregnancy hormones, HCG. So you get blood tested every other day. Um, you also have to eat a very strict diet with no folic acid to make sure that, that um, the cells aren't growing. So I ate chicken breast, Greek yogurt, and blueberries for the five weeks it took to get my levels back down to zero. And then you just wait and you hope that it works. It did. I ended up being able to get my HCG levels back down to zero. Um, and thankfully, I did not have a rupture in my remaining tube. In the fall, we were finally able to get and stay pregnant with our daughter, who is now sweet, sweet Luna, who you hear at the beginning of these podcasts every week. But the entire pregnancy was really nerve-wracking for me. I, as you might know, am a Virgo rising, so I like things very specific. I'm also very anxiety... Um, I don't know what the word is. I have a lot of anxiety. I think about the worst-case scenario a lot of times, and I kept thinking about what could possibly happen. Um, I find that after you have losses, it's not this easygoing situation that you think it's going to be. And then COVID happened. So the world shut down in March of 2020, and I spent my last trimester of pregnancy in isolation, um, obviously with my husband, but still very, very different than what it was. Up until the week that I gave birth, I honestly had no clue if my husband would be allowed into the delivery room with me because they kept changing the rules um, at the hospitals around. I then went into labor on the night of June 12th, 2020, and I had a 23-hour labor. My daughter was born on June 13th of 2020, which is a Gemini season, and I love that for her. It was the hardest but most rewarding 23 hours of my life, and I'm just so grateful that I was able to do it the way that I had wanted, without medication and with my husband by my side. I'm sure at some point I will get into all the details of that, but that is not what this episode is about. So anyway, I had my daughter, and she was very, very healthy, and we were able to be released, but then reality hit, and I went home and I had to take care of this child. At the time, I was a teacher, and I was like, okay, I can handle a classroom. I can handle a child. It's it's not the same thing at all when you are responsible for the livelihood of this child 24 hours a day. Um, and I had mentioned earlier, but my anxiety has always been there. But it was it just skyrocketed immediately after I gave birth. I kept thinking about the worst-case scenario. I couldn't sleep at night because I kept thinking, what if she just, like, what if SIDS happens? Like, what if she just like, I don't know. All of these worst case scenarios just kept going through my head. Um, and like I said, I was a teacher at the time. So I went back to work in August and my mental health just plummeted even more. 
My daughter was up every hour and a half to two and I was pumping and breastfeeding. And while I was remote teaching, it was still too much. Like I was not, I was not sleeping. My depression just kept getting worse and I ended up just being in a terrible place where I, I started to hallucinate. I stopped feeling and I, I had to take a, a leave from work. In that moment, though, like it, it was rock bottom for me to have to say, I can't do this anymore. I can't do life. But the beautiful thing about rock bottom now is that it's only up from there. Okay, so during this time, I aggressively started going to tarot readers um, online. I, I had always like gone to them when I was younger, just like randomly when I needed a little reassurance, but I needed so much reassurance in this moment in my life that things would be okay. And I got those from readings. I also started diving really deeply into my astrology. Like I just, I needed answers for what was happening and I needed reassurance that it would end up being okay. After an eight week break, I went back to work and realized that teaching was no longer for me. I kind of decided that year that I just, it wasn't really for me anymore. Um, I also started to binge like all of the content I could on spirituality, astrology, tarot on my commutes. I had an hour and a half commute each way then. Um, And then I, yeah, that was, that was where I was at. So that was the school year of 2020 to 2021. I taught for one more year and then I realized I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, And I left the teaching world. And this is when I decided I really, truly wanted to learn tarot. As I said, I've always felt intuitive. And at this point, I had read a few books. I had a deck of my own. I was playing around with it. But I knew my learning style and I knew that lessons would be truly how I would master this. So I saw that one of the readers that I had used in the past on Instagram was offering Zoom lessons. And I took them, not thinking it would become what it is for me today. This is a shout out to you, Jane. You are the goat. So I took lessons with her. I kept reading for myself. I read for friends that were open to it. And one day I was bored and on a Facebook mom group. If you guys are not in Facebook mom groups and you are moms, like they are clutch. You get the best advice. It's just, it's the greatest. I found several of like my closest mom friends on there. So shout out Facebook mom groups. Anyway, I posted on there and I was like, who wants a free reading? 200 people replied across like three groups that I had posted on. And I did this for like shits and giggles. I was like, let's see what happens. I was so excited. I stayed up until like 3 a.m. for a week or two getting all of these mini readings out. Um, And like I said, I'm a Virgo rising. So I had a spreadsheet and I had their name, what I had read, and then I highlighted red or green to see what had resonated with people. And by the end of doing all of these readings, I had like a 97% rate of resonation. And then yeah, that's that's how I got started in all of this. That's my story. So let's go into what tarot actually is. So tarot is a tool for divination. Um, from what we know, the earliest decks originated in the early 15th century in northern Italy, and it was actually a card game similar to what we now call bridge. It then traveled to southern France, where it developed a more spiritual sense of the cards. Um, During the Renaissance period, uh, the people of France were very much into finding answers similar to what I was looking for. And then in 1854, a guy named Eliphas Levi wrote The Doctrine and Ritual of High Magic. And this was the first time in print that tarot was associated with Hebrew alphabet, planets, elements, zodiac signs, Kabbalah, all that stuff. Um, 
while it was the first time that it was in print, by no means do I think that that was the first time that it was discussed. Um, just to just to put that out there. Um, and it was also around that time when it realized that all of the images in the tarot deck, or at least the um, the major arcana, are archetypes that have existed throughout history. Like there's always been the devil. There's always been this idea of karma, things like that. So an actual deck is 78 cards. And we have that major arcana, which are the 22 images associated with life's journey. And it starts with the fool being the first and his journey through life. So he begins with that blank slate, that fool's card, um, which was actually a card of this week. And the rest of the cards then paint an image of this journey of life that he goes through. And they talk about the growth, the struggles, the wins, the losses, pretty much what real life is, right? And that is one of the things that really attracted me to tarot was that it it's real. It tells you like, yo, this might not be the best time in your life, but you know, that's not going to last forever. Like you'll have better times and vice versa. The rest of the cards are the minor arcana and those are split into four suites. So we have the wands, the cups, the swords, and the coins. In the early 20th century, in 1909 to be specific, we actually get the Rider Waite deck, which is the deck that pretty much all of modern decks are based off of. And this was created by Arthur Edward Waite with Pamela Coleman Smith. Um, And like I said, this is the deck that most other decks are based off of. So if you are learning, this is definitely the best deck to learn off of. So to actually read tarot, there is a guidebook with pretty much any tarot deck that you buy, as well as so, so many books that can help you learn. And I think those are really helpful when you are just starting off to start to see like, what are the words associated with a deck? My thoughts are that as you learn, like the symbols, the numerology, the colors are super, super helpful. But as you begin to use your deck more and more, you start to get this instinctive, I guess, relation between a word and a card. And you start to understand what the cards mean specifically to you. And you might find that you could pull the same three cards with many different readers and get probably similar-ish messages But there is going to be a difference because we all connect with our deck and the cards in our own special way. So with tarot, each card tells a part of a story. You can always start off with a one card pull, which can give you like a good message for the day or just like a one card message. Um, Or you can start reading multiple cards at once, which tells you more of a story and links the cards together. One of the beautiful things about tarot is the aspect of self-discovery that you have. So as you read more and more, you might find that you have a favorite card or a card that connects with you in the moment and cards that you kind of dread pulling. For myself, I really, really, really love the magician, the card of manifestation, and really just like the four of cups, which is a card about not really caring or being indecisive or not really liking the options put in front of you. So what is tarot to me? Tarot to me allows me to ask myself the questions that I need guidance to answer. So questions that I ask myself daily are, what do I need to know for today? Or how can I set my energy for today? I also like to use it to support my own growth and to help me figure out how I can support Luna or Artem in the best way. Tarot also allows me to connect to my intuition. And like I said earlier, everyone has intuition. It's that gut naggy feeling when you're doing something that you know isn't right for you or is not aligned with your actual beliefs Um, or that roots for you when you do something that's great for yourself. And I find that 
a lot of times when I ask a question, I already know the answer. The thing is, it's like you're never going to be super surprised by what you pull because you you have a gut instinct. Um, and it also helps me to connect with my energy and the energy of those around me. The thing that I want to like bold, emphasize, underline all of this is what tarot isn't. Tarot is not fortune telling. We have free will. We are humans. So tarot can tell me, hey, the energy in decision A just isn't dope, isn't great. That's not it. But I'm human and I can say, well, like, screw you, tarot. I'm going to do it anyways. So tarot does not tell you the future. The only person who tells you what is going to happen is you and, you know, life. So that is a very short form of what tarot is, what tarot isn't, and how I got here. And I hope that you found that helpful in some way. This week's quote is by Matt Haig from The Comfort Book. The best thing about rock bottom is the rock part. You discover the solid bit of you, the bit that can't be broken down further, the thing that you might sentimentally call a soul. At our lowest, we find the solid ground of our foundation, and we can build ourselves anew. And I think that's beautiful, and I think it makes a lot of sense as to why I pulled the fool for this week, because... I mean, I hit rock bottom and I had to start over and I had to be the fool. And I'm sure that we all have been in that place, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe a lot of times, but just know that at rock bottom is where you find your strength. Next week's episode is an interview with Raquel from Astrology with Raquel, and I'm so excited to dive into her journey um, with astrology and where she is now. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate if you rated it or wrote a review. I think you can rate on Spotify and Apple, but you can only write verbal reviews or like written out reviews on Spotify, but I would truly appreciate it. Or if you shared it with a homie, I, I love that you are all listening and I hope that this podcast is helping you in some way. In the meantime, I hope you all have a beautiful, magical week and please remember to look within. Thank you.